everybody. Welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Joey. And this week, the fun we done. Can I say that's stealing? I can't just blatantly say that. I mean, I guess it, it. I guess it's only copyright infringement if people actually hear it. So it's true, and nobody's listening. This week, the album we listened to was uh, the Arctic Monkey Monkeys. I, I feel like I said that last week too. The Arctic Monkeys, uh, 2013 album titled AM, which is short for Arctic Monkeys, among other things. I mean, you could have just used the AM instead of uh, saying Arctic Monkeys. I could have, but then I feel like that would be confusing for people. I said, we listened to AM by AM, you know? You know, that's true. So that's that's where we are <laughs> this week, I guess. That's the kind of headspace we're in. Uh, but yeah, so I, I picked this album last week because, I don't know, because I wanted to do it. I like this nice. album. It's a cool album. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going on any journeys right now, so uh, it felt right to me. Yeah, and I mean, I like, do I even want to know? like the full reason as to why you picked this album do i, I want to know you do because i don't i don't have one but i do have the the title to track number one so we can go ahead and get started on that is do i want to know i hope i didn't uh segue too quickly because no, I, I just no, we're, i just we're heard gonna it. rip through this shit we've we have taken our time for the past like 10 weeks oh my <laughs> our gosh. episodes have just been so fucking long so we're, we're gonna rip through this shit guys hell yeah dude Rip it. Going. Do I want to know, Joey? Do I want to know how you felt about this album? So I've never heard this song before. And Somehow. It's, it's got like <laughs> a billion fucking plays on Spotify, like a bajillion and a half views on their YouTube video. Like it's yeah, all looking, just... Looking at uh, Genius right now, because that's what we used to cite our lyrics most of the time. Uh, there are 2.8 million views of the lyrics on Genius. Which is a ton. Like It, it is a ton. And it's way more than any other track on this album. There are six so. people viewing the page right now. I mean, we're <laughs> two probably of two us. of them. Yeah. But still, four other people. I've never seen anybody else view lyrics at the same time as me. Why are there people in 2021 viewing the lyrics to Do I Want to Know? Because it's a good song, Joey. I guess that's true. But uh, So you heard, I, I like the song. Um, yeah. It's So the only other thing I've ever heard by Arctic Monkeys is some stuff off of uh that whatever the album where the guy's smoking a cigarette on the cover of it uh yeah. whatever you say we are is what we aren't or something along those lines and this sounds different than i remember them sounding it sounds more like an indie type i mean like they're a brit rock band and you can mm-hmm. tell but it sounds more of the like I don't know, the indie of the time at that time that I remember them being, which is a sound that I like, as we've seen in plenty of my other bands that Jeremy says are boring. <laughs> and, <laughs> but uh, I do like the lyric or the the riff that they write and the riff that they write on other songs that we'll get to. I feel like they really hit the science of a simple, easy riff that gets stuck yeah. in your head and there's nothing flashy about it. It's usually in a like general reverby clean ish tone. Sometimes they get a little chunkier, but like it's not nothing crazy about it, but it just does not leave your head once, once they, once they play it. Yeah. I really like their guitar tones. And I actually noticed uh, when doing my notes for this album, uh, since I was listening on the headphones, like, like I usually do, I, was isolating one ear at a time and they actually double tracked the guitars with different effects on them. So it's kind of like this interesting blending where like one ear has a bit of like the tremolo and, and a bit of the, the fuzz and then the other ear is more clean kind of a thing. And I just really like the guitar tones that they use throughout this album. I like uh, the vocalist. I think it's Alex Turner. I'm probably going to regret saying that so soon and early without knowing. I think it's Alex <laughs> Turner. Uh, yeah. The singer, I love his voice. He's got a cool voice. I like the way he delivers his lines because it's so like casual and and quote unquote cool, just so like nonchalant about a lot of it. And it, it's, I mean, it works for the music. Like you said, it, it's it's pretty minimal at points, even with just like how simple things get. But it's never like too simple. I guess it's never simple in the negative connotation of simple i suppose it's it's very like refined and they know how to get the sound that they want yeah it's simple and it's not simple in the way that like 
Mary had a little lamb is simple. It's right. simple in like the they don't the, overdo it. Yeah, like the opposite of what I typically listen to, which is one thing that I did notice or like note throughout is that without all the crazy sounds and stuff that I'm used to where it's just like sensory overload on like a bunch of like the shoegaze music where it's just yeah. such a big sound. I found myself a little lost at parts because I, there was so much quietness behind the music where yeah, I was just like, a, sitting like an isolated feel almost where, where there's, there is a lot of space. And I think that's intentional because I mean, he, Alex Turner uses a lot of space imagery on this album so I think to to some extent it it's an intentional like play with that because he's just a spacey guy, yeah. The spacey sounds and I like the spacey sounds because this this just I I don't know I really like the sound of this album, the, the guitar tones, the vocals, just all of it. I, I honestly haven't listened to a lot of their other stuff outside of this album, but uh, this one just it it vibes with me in such a way. Yeah, I definitely put the guitar tones as that in the the guy's voice are probably my two favorite things about the album, I'd say. They're pretty cool. Um, Speaking so, of his voice, though. Yeah, his lyrics. The words his that lyrics. he sang <laughs> with his voice. Um, that is what he does. So this one, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's about uh, being too caught up on someone and wanting to move on past them and the feeling of building it up in your own head to like where you don't want to know what they actually think. You don't want to know what they really think about you because it would shatter that illusion. Am I on to, am I on to the right meaning there, Jeremy? I mean, I don't know what the right meaning is necessarily, but it's, it's very similar to the way <laughs> I interpret it, except I kind of took it as maybe this is just because I was putting too much meta into it and that this is the beginning of the album. So I was thinking, okay, well this is the beginning or, or even before a relationship is formed where he's like chasing after a lover or someone he, he, he sees somebody across the room and he, he's like, I'm going to go for it. And he goes for it and he's kind of having, he's, he's that he's feeling good about it, but he's not able to read the other person necessarily and say, okay, well, I I don't know if she's feeling it or or if he's feeling it and assume genders or anything, but like, I, I felt like it was more of like trying to start up a relationship and not really understanding. Although he does say crawling back to you in the chorus. Uh, and the rest of this album would also <laughs> indicate that it is more of like an after the fact kind of thing, because uh, I mean, spoilers is the breakup album, I guess in, in some ways, even though it's not, it's less about the breakup and more about the aftermath of the breakup, I suppose. Yeah. So I, I, I would say that your interpretation is more accurate than what I had because I was kind of focusing on the, the meta aspect of the beginning of the story. Excuse me while I sip my tea because I am correct. <laughs> ob- ob- obligatory tea sippage. <laughs> I tried to. I didn't have enough coffee left in my mug, so I couldn't, I couldn't sip. But yeah, like it seems like the wake of a breakup. Like there's still the little waves going on. You're like, ah, oh, shit. What's happening, man? But he's, yeah, th- th- this whole album is pretty much along that note. There- there's not a whole lot of variance uh, necessarily throughout the, I guess, the theming of each song. It's it's mostly it seems Alex singing about wanting to get back with his ex. Yeah, just like fucking constantly texting her and calling her, saying, "Are you mine? Yeah. Are-, are we together? Are you mine?" She's like, and she's like, "No, no, bro. I'm 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 on to the next track. You know, that's track number two. Are you mine?" Shit, I liked that one. On to the next track. Like that's that, that was good. She's she is canon in the feedback loop universe. Oh my god. She's, she's the Segway Guardian. Well, potentially she's a real person too. So like that is true. Whenever I assume we get it is true. Whenever we get a production budget, we can actually have her be the be the Segway Guardian, <laughs> like whoever she is, we can hire her. I don't think we're ever gonna have that kind of money. Well, in my to, dreams. To track her down. And fly her out because presumably she she's over in the UK somewhere, right? Maybe we'll relocate. Get, oh yeah, get the, we're gonna move. Get the universal healthcare. <laughs> yeah, track number two. Are you mine? With capital R U letters, not the words, which is kind of I don't know. I feel like even for 2013, it's kind <laughs> of a bit of a dated way, but it it kind of works. I think. Yeah, I mean, nobody used the T9 texting by that point, so there was really yeah. no. 
there's still uh, people still do it though so i guess i'm wrong yeah i mean i mean it also kind of like i don't know a lot of this album and maybe it's just that i i don't listen to a whole lot of brit rock there there is kind of these influences that that come through from older music like there's some david bowie influence that that i yeah. pick up or even some like elton john and stuff so maybe you could also say that well musically it's also kind of a bit dated in that aspect but they do it in a very modern way and that's what i think i i really fuck with on this album yeah the thing that i fuck with is like the, once again the guitar tones on this one this mm-hmm. uh chunky fuzzy guitar tone that he gets dude it, it makes me jealous because i literally have on the software that i try to record music on i have a bunch of british amps that i can choose from any yeah. anyone i can't fucking get a tone like this how, how you doing that man like <laughs> give me your secret it's it's pretty cool and i think it's it's a brit rock staple uh, there's another band similar that I was actually thinking of this week while I was listening to this album called Royal Blood. I don't know if you listen to them, no. but uh, maybe I'll put one of their albums on. I think they have a, a new album this year, actually, that I haven't listened to, so shame on me. But they have a, a similar kind of British fuzz guitar, and they're a bit rockier than this kind of indie vibe that Arctic Monkeys has. But yeah, it's, it's a great tone. <laughs> I love it. The song is a bit more rocky, I guess, in that in the the previous track there were drums, but they were very like subdued. They were very like holding themselves back and kind of going with the flow of the song. Whereas this one, it is kind of like, this was more of a rock song, I suppose. And the drums are, have like a much more involved role, I think in it, but it still keeps the kind of chill, I guess, column vibe that the whole album has. Uh, Again, the vocal melodies, on this one, I, I love. I just, I don't know. There's something about the way he sings, and maybe this is just me being an American listening to someone doing spacey British music. That just like, I don't, I don't know. The delivery of every line is just, it's great. He almost like literally spits some of the words in this track, and it, it just, it's good. I just want to eat it all up. Not, so, not his, not his spit, but yeah, <laughs> but the words that he's spitting. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of spitting. It feels like it's like got a little rap twinge to it. And I was wondering, not like rap, like he's actually trying to rap or anything, but it's like, it's not, we're not listening to Limp Biscuit over here. It's not nothing <laughs> like that, but uh, it was just the way that he delivered it. And I was reading that around this time, he said his influences for parts of the vocals on this song were Drake and Lil Wayne, how they would do like the, like the lazy simile thing where you just like, like not saying that his vocal writing is lazy here or anything, but that's just what I, cause you're not setting up like a full simile or something, but like where he starts, I'm a puppet on a string, Tracy Island, where it's like, there's no connect. Like there's no word line. Or I guess jumping from phrase or thought to thought without any connection necessarily between them. Other than the meaning, I guess, of them. But right. there's not like a through line with words. But right. it was just, I found it interesting that like my mind went there and then that happened. And it was just, it was it was an added layer of interest in his vocal delivery, I guess. Yeah, I, I didn't know that about the, the Lil Wayne slash Drake reference in there. <laughs> but like, I, I think it makes sense. And it's always cool, at least for me, to find i mean i guess it shouldn't be surprising or cool but when you respect a musician and you learn of their influences and their influences are out of the genre that they're singing in and you kind of like start to to backtrack and piece it together and like wow that actually is there and i just never realized it. it it's i don't know there's something cool about that having the human element of like yeah this guy while he's in a metal band is listening to hip-hop all the time and using that as an influence and drawing from that. Yeah, it's definitely cool. I feel like that's, I mean, that's how music evolves. Um, It's just one day. Not to imply that Arctic Monkeys is a metal band. That was a non sequitur. Or that they evolved any sort of music in here. It was just, it's cool. It's cool to stir the pot. I don't know, melting pot. That's what I was trying to go for. Not stir the pot. They're not pissing anybody off, (laughs) but I'm, I'm rambling. And 
the li- <laughs> the lyrics of this song are uh it seems to fall further down a path that was set up in the previous song like he's fallen for a girl and occasionally gets to be with her but suspects he maybe used maybe she's just using him for the night like he wants to know if it's going to last or if it's just a thing yeah i i think that is that is that i i do like a lot of the lyrics he uses he has a very like i don't know if it's poetic necessarily but he uses a lot of imagery that I think is interesting. And again, the way he delivers them just adds a nice layer. Like in this one, he says, she's a silver lining lone ranger riding through an open space in my mind when she's not there right beside me. Like just there's so like, I guess, esoteric references or, or words, words that you wouldn't expect to associate together. Like the lone ranger. I mean, I guess that that's not super esoteric, but I don't just the way he delivers, like saying that she's a silver lining. And a long range or lone ranger, long ranger, lone ranger riding <laughs> through an open space. It's just I don't know. I really like the words he chooses and and uses to to get his point across. Yeah, it's very poetic. Is the word that I'll leave and maybe maybe pick up another point in the album. But yeah, pick up pick up pick up that some somewhere else yeah. further down the road. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll leave it for now. But as we're leaving, maybe you know you'll take something else, one for the road. Yeah, that was, that was so shitty. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> I, I, Try number three. <laughs> Try uh, one three, for the one road. road. Yeah, one for the road. We Which did, it worked. It totally worked. So it, this it, song it was there, and I went around where it should have been, but we got to the just, same destination. It's because you had one for the road, and it was actually one too many for the road. So you there ran, you, go. you ran <laughs> off the road. I'm fucking drunk driving now, boys. Oh god, don't no! Drive. Please, please, please don't. <laughs> I'm not um, driving while doing this podcast. I promise. Nor am I drinking. So, Josh Home Hami Hami. Is that how you say his name? Hami. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, he's on this song. Yeah, that was a surprise for me. Yeah, it was also a surprise for me. (laughs) He actually comes up later in the album, too. But yeah, Josh Homme, for those who don't know, he's the singer, guitarist, songwriter for uh, Queens of the Stone Age, famously, which is a a band that I really like as well. Yeah, I feel like they... It makes sense that he would be on this album because I feel like... I don't know. There there are Uh, some similarities. Yeah. I didn't want to compare the two directly because Queens of the Stone Age, I feel like, is in a different ballpark than For this, sure. than uh, Arctic Monkeys. But they do, they have some similar sounds going on in there and it works together. Like, I, I just like Josh Homme's voice. So, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> there's not much to say there because he's a super cool dude. And, uh, but I feel like their voices work to get, work well together. And if it wasn't explicitly pointed out to me while I was like looking through lyrics, I don't think I would have noticed, even though. I feel like Josh Homme is a very noticeable voice. Yeah, well, the thing is, in this song, he's singing in, in this kind of like falsetto. Mm-hmm. But throughout other songs on this album, uh, Alex and presumably the rest of the band, maybe, there, there's a lot of backup vocals happening throughout the album that are in falsetto. So it's not something that's really out of place that would draw your attention to it if you weren't already like aware of it. So I wonder if they were trying to do like a covert thing, because he's not featured on like it right. doesn't there's not a feature thing and I, I wonder if he was just like there and he was just like i'm gonna sneak into this album and see what happens nobody's yeah, gonna I discover th- it i think at, at some point i read while doing my notes that alex from arctic monkeys and josh homie are actually like friends in real life so it would make sense if they were just like hanging out one time like, <laughs> hey, fucking fucking throw down a verse for me or throw throw down some some backing vocals for me some oohs and ahs and maybe throw in some words too <laughs> exactly oohs and ahs and some words too that is the description of this album that's that, a one sentence review hell yeah well we're done guys let's wrap it up we don't even yep, need to talk about the rest easy of the album 20 minute episode <laughs> but yeah lyrically this one kind of continues exploring that topic of, of the breakup i suppose where it seems like his lover broke it off which he he wasn't completely shocked by because i mean in the pre- previous two tracks he was kind of literally questioning the nature of the relationship of it which i i also think is kind of interesting that both of the first two tracks are questions as titles and in the chorus so it's like this kind of layer of literally questioning the relationship but i guess that's that's maybe just hashtag deep and not actually that, that deep i mean i think it i think it's enough of a theme 
that that it's not too hashtag deep. Like I think that's some serious pondering. <laughs> that's some that's some ankle ankle high. Yeah, M- maybe knee high. Knee high. Um. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we are just falling apart. Dude, no, we're we're on fire, dude. You you were spot on with those uh, lyrical lyrical analyses, and <laughs> maybe we can even like ponder the name of this girl that he's breaking up with. Maybe it's something something nice like Arabella or uh, Alexa. I think is one of his his real life. Ex girlfriends, or it's something. Ariel. Ariel, like like Little Mermaid, like like track number four, Arabella. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, this this song though, for reals though, yeah, this one's on Rock Band. I'm yeah, and I've totally heard it out there. Yeah, we we perform this song when we play Rock Band pretty frequently, and I think this is actually the song that sold me on Arctic Monkeys which I guess was late to the party, I suppose. Cause I mean, obviously I'd heard, well, I guess I shouldn't say obviously in this company I'd heard, do I want to know before I'd heard a couple of the other hits from this album, but I never really like checked them out. And we got rock band in like 2017. I think it came out in 2016, but I got it the year after. And I dove into this album after that point. And uh, I don't know, just this song, everything about the song I like. There's not a single part of the song that I dislike because it's all just like spot on. Yeah, the music on this one, it's it's nice. Like uh, the drum part is so fun to play on Rock Band. <laughs> <laughs> We're just reviewing Rock Band at this point. <laughs> but no, like the music is, it's engaging in a way that I think, I think it's more engaging than the previous few songs more because it feels like everything's kind of bigger i guess the guitar Mm -hmm. part is super cool the bass is really punchy the drums are fun and the chorus part has an almost black sabbath more specifically war pigs feel to it (laughs) which i don't even know if i would have necessarily put it together had i not picked up a cake album the other day and then started listening to their b-sides and rarities and then hear their (laughs) version of war pigs it's it's been on my mind. War Pigs has been on my mind recently, and then whenever I heard this, I was, I was like, "Huh, you know, that's War Pigs, maybe." <laughs> it is. It is a little little War Pigsy, <laughs> but yeah, the music's great. I, I don't think I can add anything to what's been said lyrically. Th- this is the one that that really like drives home. I think a lot of the space imagery for me, and it, he's singing about his ex. And he, it's apparently like a portmanteau of his ex-girlfriend, Ariel, and the sci-fi movie, uh, Barbarella. So it's uh, Arabella or whatever. But I've not seen Barbarella. I've not heard of Barbarella outside of this context. So <laughs> I can't, can't communicate on that aspect. But the imagery is definitely there. And I, I really like it. Some of the words and, and just, again, the delivery for it, I, I really like. I mean, he says, like, but she's a modern lover. It's an exploration. She's made of outer space, and her lips are like the galaxy's edge, and her kiss the color of a constellation falling into place. It's just, like, it's so, like, floaty and spacey, and I'm a, I'm a fan of that. I'm, I mean, I'm a fan of sci-fi in general. Yeah. Like, e- even, like, just space and using space and having spacey lyrics and, and sounds and stuff, it just it does it for me. Yeah, space is like the one place that I want to be when I'm listening to music. If I had to pick one, it would be space. Maybe water, but water and space are pretty similar. They are. Theme. They're very similar. <laughs> the space is just the sky ocean. Exactly. So. <laughs> that's, that's why Brennan Small has Galacticon, which is space, and then Metalocalypse Death Clock, which is very like Mermaid theme, themed around the ocean, I suppose. I like this song. So uh, this might, this, I don't think this is my favorite song on the album, but it's one of my favorites. So I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. I mean, like. I also really like, there's a bridge in the song right before the sick guitar solo. Well, I don't want to say sick guitar solo. I'm talking about too much. It's a really fun guitar solo, but uh, he kind of like leads into it with this, the the lyrical bridge saying, uh, wraps her lips around a Mexican Coke, makes you wish that you were the bottle takes a sip of your soul and it sounds like and then it just goes into this kind of like crazy <laughs> solo thing that I, I think is really funny and, and fun to just like play with 
the the idea of expressing what it sounds like by using actual sounds instead of using lyrics to describe what it sounds like. Yeah, that's uh man, I'm sorry. I was going to try to uh like turn that into a segue, but uh, I guess I just I I I just want it all and I can't really can't really want, do it all, I guess. Segue. You just, yeah. You want it all. I want um, it all. I guess now that it's dead, we can move on to track super five. <laughs> I want it all. <laughs> so what happened there for all you people not in the know is that I actually was going to do something semi-clever and then messed it up. And then I was like, wait, maybe I can save it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, just say that after every segue. I was going to do something clever and then I didn't. <laughs> oh my this track, God. This track to me starts the second section of this album and i so the way i view this album having like thought about it for the past week and taken notes on it is that there are three distinct thirds of the album where the first first four tracks make up one and then the middle four and then the end four make up the second and third section and that's purely just like musically i think in my mind and the, these middle four tracks that we're starting here on track number five is, is kind of a different vibe than the other two thirds. So I kind of like it less. And I'm curious to see, because I know we've talked about this before, like you tend to like middle songs or mid sections of albums less than the beginning and ending. So I'm, I'm kind of curious how you feel. This song specifically, it's not awful. I don't dislike it necessarily, but it doesn't really stand out to me. It's kind of kind of a boring one. So, I'm I'm gonna do a little drum roll with my fingers in the air so I don't knock anything over <laughs> on my desk. But uh, yeah, you're right. So this song, I I don't dislike it, but yeah, like you said, it's it's kind of just there, and coming off the heels of a song like Arabella, it doesn't make a huge impact. Yeah, like it's just not a standout track. Not not bad at all. But, uh, like, it's got a cool guitar solo type deal behind the last chorus, which gives it a cool sound. But if they could have done something like that throughout maybe, throughout more of the song, maybe it would have made a bigger impact on me. But, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, the, and I feel kind of similarly, I guess we'll talk to it track by track. But the, that's kind of setting the scene for the, this midsection of the album for me uh lyrically this one i wasn't sure if it was about the same person presumably it is but it, it's another song that's kind of dreaming about a lover that turned out to be like a short-lived relationship kind of a thing but some, something about it just seemed a little different maybe it was just because of the sound of it yeah it might have been like because i don't know it this song like i couldn't really pin it down lyrically and maybe that also yeah. had something to do it was just kind of th- like there's not a ton of lyrics really it's just yeah <laughs> the verses are kind of just like blind faith heartache mind games mistakes my sweet fireball my sweet rigmarole what like yeah <laughs> that it, that's not like a story that i can too, pick too up hard on the, the Lil wayne on that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, just throwing phrases and words out there yeah but you know that's that's fine. Not everyone has to be a banger. Not everyone has to be the number one party anthem. Like it's it's not necessary. Yeah, but the next track it has to be because it's titled number one party anthem. Check which <laughs> this which? song? Which which? <laughs> it's a fucking witch is what it's wrote this song because uh, this one has a completely different feel, like entirely because it gets so. First off, it throws you for a loop because it's called Number One Party Anthem. And then you listen yeah. to it, and it's like a ballad. Like, it's slow. It is, it's, it is a super Elton John kind of like piano ballad kind witch. of thing going on. Also, another witch over here. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a witch before all of my my rebuttals. So you say it's like an Elton John song. You don't like Elton John. I really, I really don't like Elton John. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I, I, I like this better than Elton John because I don't know th- this one. It still to me has that kind of like David Bowie kind of spaciness to it, but there's also definitely like it. it reminded me of Elton John at a lot of points, which I'm not, I'm not crazy about. I don't hate Elton John necessarily. 
We'll see just, whenever I, we, I pick an album. I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> um, but I like Elton John. So uh, yeah. I, I like this song. I definitely like it more than the previous song. I think I can um, agree with that. It's like I like the cool spacey vibe that it gets with kind of how slow it is. It's a nice atmosphere. I feel it is a nice change in pace. Like if this song would have followed Arabella, I would have been more okay with it. Just mm-hmm. because I wouldn't. It kind of just like a palate cleanser, I guess. Just it's just something to break it up a little bit because it's very ballady, and a lot of the other stuff is kind of riff Brit Rocky type yeah. feel. But yeah, I like this song. It's cool. It is. It is pretty cool. It's got some pretty mad sounds in it, you know. <laughs> dude, 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 we didn't even talk about the lyrics there. <laughs> <laughs> It's all the same. Spoiler no. alert, Track 7 is Mad Sounds, but we're going to back yeah. up and put the shit in reverse real quick. <laughs> My voice is scratchy. I can't do a full uh, reverse sound. <laughs> Does reverse sound sound like any anything other than no. just driving? Just, yeah, unless you're driving like a tractor, then it's like beep, beep, beep. That's true. Anyways, number one party anthem, uh, notably, is not a party anthem itself, but it is about, theoretically, it's kind of meta. Where, where he's, to me at least, it seemed like he was in a club. He sees a girl from across the room that he wants to make a move on. And he's waiting for the right song to kind of like set the mood or, or hype him up so that he can go and like ask this chick out. And he finds out that she's taken. It's a bummer. Yeah, that definitely is a bummer. That's a huge bummer. Um, <laughs> and if you segue any more songs prematurely, Jeremy, you're going to be Hearing me making some mad sounds. <laughs> hey, track number seven, mad sounds. We made it there. Eventually. Eventually. My mad sounds are like, grumble, 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 grumble. <laughs> You're like a Pokemon. <laughs> just like yeah. vocalizes words instead of just making the noises. You know who Anyways. else vocalizes, uh, vocalizes sounds? Alex Turner. <laughs> On this song. <laughs> this one is, is another like interesting change of tone. I think it's got this kind of like almost hollow feeling, empty, clean guitar tone. And then there's like a tambourine that gives it kind of like a seventies psychedelic kind of vibe for me. And uh, yeah, he does make some mad sounds, although they're not really mad in that way. Yeah. He he does some ooh la la la's. They're mad in like maybe the British sense of mad. Right. Cause they are British. Yeah. Uh, I like this mad one. sounds in your ears. Yeah. They're just, they infiltrate. They sound like ooh la la la. <laughs> and <laughs> not exactly like that. They sound more, more better just generally whenever he does it. But yeah, yeah I like this song. It keeps a cool spacey vibe, kind of like how in number one party anthem, it's not, I don't know. Like, I feel like they don't really fall in line with what I've based off of this album. I feel like the Arctic monkey sound is, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's cool for me. And this song, honestly, Reminds me a lot of Sunday Morning by The Velvet Underground, and that's a great song. So there we go. Yeah. Well, he was, uh, Alex was greatly influenced by The Velvet Underground. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I saw when, <laughs> when looking at some notes for the album, uh, the album's titled AM because they're Arctic Monkeys, and he, he admitted, like, straight up that he stole that from Velvet Underground's VU album. So there's definitely was... influence there. I was wondering, I didn't know, because like the the album cover is, it looks like it could be like sound frequencies or something, so I didn't know if it was yeah. supposed to be like AM radio or whatever, but I do yeah, like Velvet I, I Underground. I think there's layers there, but yeah. Well, how dare me expect them to be that surface level. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of, it's a cool, chill vibe. It, again, it's kind of in the middle of, of this album, and to me, the midsection of this album isn't what I like about the album. And that's not to say that it's bad. It just, it's not what I come to this album expecting or, or trying to listen to usually with the, the vibes. Cause I like the kind of more aggressive sound that they get in the other two sections. Lyrically, this song kind of like, I couldn't figure if I figure out if it was just about how music can hit you at the right time or the wrong time and really get to you. Or if it was like, how it can influence your decisions and how you act towards people. But I was trying to 
kind of play it back in this breakup theme that he's got going on. And I couldn't place it anywhere, really. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't try to tie it in with the breakup <laughs> at all. It, it strictly, like, to me, seemed kind of like this meta song about songs that just kind of, like, make you move. They make you feel things. and They, they help you deal with the soul-crushing realities of life. You know, when you have a shitty day, just throw on some music and things get a little bit better. Yeah. Go outside, light up a fire, sit by the fireside with maybe some people or animals that tolerate you. And yeah, uh, just Snow White, you know? Yeah. Play, play a nice song, like track number eight, Fireside. Nice. <laughs> 10 out of 10. This one gets back to the kind of upbeat tempos, but it's still not like full-on rock, like the first third of the album has. And honestly, this one's also kind of forgettable for me, which is unfortunate. This, this whole midsection for me is just kind of like a wash amidst the, the juicy riffage <laughs> that I like. Juicy. I like that adjective. Um... <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with you. It's not, this is also not a standout track. I kind of lumped this in with track five. Like I did like the little slow break with track six and seven, but this one, you're right. While it is kind of up tempo again, it's, it's not, it's not back to that cool rock, rocking sound that they, that I know they can achieve. Yeah. But it it is back to the lyrical themes of still not getting over (laughs) this. Back again. It's just it's it's the whole album. It's just him like, yeah. <laughs> obsessively thinking about his ex and and not not being able to move on. Yeah, I mean she's just over there getting all these fucking texts from him, incoherent. Are you mine? Like what? Just spell the fucking yeah. word, Alex. She's probably like just why do you only call me when you're high? Like yeah. call me when you're sober and you can actually type out entire you words. Tell me when you're sober. I didn't mean we, to reference that song. I'm sorry. Are we doing uh, Evanescence now? Is that what? No. Plot twist. It's a double episode. We're, we're oh through the God. first half of the Arctic Monkeys and then the second half of that Evanescence album. Dude, if we ever drop an episode on April Fool's Day, we have to pull that idea. And we, yeah. we have to yeah. do it. Yeah, if you, you heard it here first, the three people that'll listen to this episode, maybe. Track That's number the, nine. Yeah. It, Why'd it you only segued. call me when you're high? Why'd you only call me when you're high? This Expertly. is the other one I've Although, heard before. That's interesting. Before we go into it, that, that sounds like such a like, <laughs> That's <shitty>. interesting. <laughs> so like apathetic and shitty. <laughs> no, I, your segue had me thinking that maybe that was the intention behind "Are You Mine," where he's literally just like drunk texting and he he can't he doesn't want to fuck with like spelling out the words, so he just like "Are You Mine" and he's texting when he's drunk and and trying to like see how she'll react to it kind of a thing that would make sense given that this one is also a question like the first two tracks it's it's true the theme returns although this one is a question from her presumably yeah or his his ex i should say presumably but yeah this goes back to the good stuff for me this is where i like to be it's got some like simple stanky bass lines (laughs) the the drums are good the vocals and the chorus on this stand out they're they're great i just i don't know This, this is back to what i like in this album well, I'm following you back there because this is also back to what I like about the album. This one, like I so uninterestingly said, is <laughs> is I, this is the first song that I had ever heard off of this album. And yeah. I didn't even know, like, it was just a song that, like, Alyssa had put on a playlist. And it was just there. And I was like, oh, yeah, this, this song's pretty cool. But you should have had her one, on because you said she's a fan of the Arctic Monkeys, right? <laughs> well, I said that, but... Then I was talking to her about it today, and she's like, yeah, I don't know how much of a fan I am anymore. I haven't really listened to the Arctic Monkeys in, like, six years. So she was like, I used to really like them, like, totally. And whenever we met was around the time that she really liked them. But, so, she might have just been like, I don't care about any of this. <laughs> well, maybe it's a good thing we didn't invite her. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this one is back to those, like, those songs where they really are just show off their ability to craft these simple riffs that get caught in your head. And this one, although I hadn't heard it in so long, the second this song came on, it popped back into my head. Like I had just listened to it the other day. That's interesting. So, so this is kind of an earwormy track for you. I have one as well that we have not had because they they do, they, they, they craft these really like simple riffs and lines that like, 
they're simple enough to get stuck in your head and they're easy enough to like follow along but they're also really like they they just feel right and they feel good so it's it's kind of like double whammy of catchiness yeah that to me is more like artistry i guess or more creativity than writing these super dense like fast flashy riffs because those they have all these gimmicks to get caught in your head but whenever you can just write a nice straight to the point riff that just it sticks with you i i've never been able to do that and i admire people that can yeah it's it's a skill for sure or it's all a formula and we're just too stupid to figure it out (laughs) yeah that too they they cracked it on this album though because i mean there's a lot of tracks that have just like super catchy riffs on them uh lyrically i mean we kind of already talked about it he's <laughs> clearly still not over his lover and he, he ends up drunk dialing or drunk calling her when he's high and drunk and just just trying to find someone to to comfort him when it's three o'clock in the morning <laughs> she's she's just like i don't want to fucking deal with this call me when you're sober yeah she just like dude snap out of it fucking snap out of it bro that's all Hell i need yeah. to tell you alex turner just just like track number 10 snap out of it i will say kind of bridging the songs or or theme of the album with track number nine why do you only call me when you're high it kind of almost felt optimistic to me when she's like when he, he's he's obviously still not over her so he's like calling her three o'clock in the morning she's like just don't don't fucking do this don't call me when you're high which kind of to me implies that she does want to talk about it so there might be some sort of like hopefulness in it that she's like, no, like I'm, I'm okay with talking to you. Just not when you're drunk, just fucking just come back when you're, you're in the, in the right headspace, and maybe we can give this another shot kind of a thing. Or maybe we could put this to rest instead of just you getting drunk all the time and then calling me. Yeah. So but I, that's... Fe- I felt like there was maybe some optimism there, I guess. Yeah. I could see that. Like, cause it seems like the way that this album is writ- written, the fact that it's written in the wake of the breakup, not necessarily about the breakup, makes me yeah. think that there's like some communication or some unfinished business or something between the two of them. Definitely. But yeah, track number 10, snap out of it. Do segue. This one's got a cool, like, dark, almost swingy, cabaret-ish feeling with the piano going on in this one. And dude, there's some really cool electric guitar bends at the end of the chorus that I never noticed before that just... Mm, they fit perfectly. Yeah. Like this one. So I'm going to sound bad by, uh, I guess, comparing their sound to somebody else again after the whole war pigs debacle. I mean, but, I've, I've compared them to David Bowie and Elton John. So that's fine. Well, there we go. This song, it reminds me of, uh, uprising by muse. The, oh yeah. Like the marchy feel to it. And I really like that song. I like early Muse. Muse kind of like went off the fucking rails at a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> but early Muse you was like cool. You like nostalgic Muse. Yeah, exactly. I like nostalgic Muse. And that's the feel that I get from this. It doesn't even necessarily sound too much like it. It's just the beat and everything yeah, keeps me it. engaged like that uh, Like that song does. I can feel it for sure. It, it Yeah, it, it definitely doesn't... It, it's not like a cover or or even like a style cover of it and it doesn't sound like a muse song but yeah with the the, the beat and the structure of the song it, it, i can see that sounding like uprising for sure it's got some influence perhaps yeah maybe because so, when did i don't know timeline of any of this but uh i think that muse album came out around this same time so maybe it was just like a thing maybe i feel like it, i feel like that muse album might be a bit older but yeah Something, oh. something like that. So what are the lyrics about in this song, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked. This one, it seems like uh, his ex has found a new lover. And he's kind of like jealous and he's wanting her to, you know, I mean, it's called snap out of it. He's, he's He feels like she's captivated by this other person's charm. And he's like, no, nah, like this, this isn't, this isn't you. I'm, I'm going to be waiting for you to snap out of this because... It's, I just know it's not going to work because this is it's fake. Fake news. That whole fake relationship. News. Fake, fake news. <laughs> your, new, your new boyfriend's fake news. Oh my God. What if Alex Turner started that 
<laughs> he's the original fake news. He's the original fake news. Just some girl walking around in knee socks, and he's just like, fake news. You're not knee into that guy. Socks. Knee high. <laughs> oh my God. Knee socks. That's what I thought of earlier when you did it. I didn't even get that connection. Nice. <laughs> Track number 11 is knee socks. This is the one that's super earwormy. Yeah. For me, I this guitar riff gets stuck in my head more often than I think any other song on this album. And when I think about this album, that's like the first riff that, that pops into my head because it's just so like I don't know. It's almost got this like Tom's Diner melody to it, mm-hmm. but it's it's obviously not the same melody. It's it's just similar and with the guitar tones. It's just oh, it's so good. It's catchy <laughs> as fuck. I love it. Yeah. It's definitely super fucking catchy. Like, there are... I, I'm just going to look for a riff. Yeah, so there's five songs on this album that I pointed out the riff on, and this is one of them. Just because they're just fucking good at it. I don't know how else to put it, man. It's, they are. It's their specialty. And Josh Homme is back on this one Hell as yeah. well. <laughs> Dude, the, the bridge in the song is this like kind of disco vibe to it before or i guess before the bridge is, is the josh homie like interlude thing that kind of like the song spaces out a bit with josh homie singing a, a little quick interlude verse yeah. kind of thing and then it goes into this kind of disco-y bridge which is just it's phenomenal it's perfection the song is great <laughs> the song is great i i agree it's uh it's one of my favorites so keep an, keep a lookout for Kind of running out of ground here at this point, Joey. (laughs) Yeah, lyrically, this one, it seems like, uh, at least the way I took it, is that maybe his ex did actually break up with the new guy and is now kind of considering coming back and and hooking up with Alex at the very least. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how I took it as well. And just talking about her walking around the apartment in her knee socks and a a blue Lacoste shirt. Yeah, his his blue Lacoste shirt. Yeah, because he bought an alligator, and I ain't talking Lacoste. Is that? <laughs> is that? I think about that every time too. <laughs> <laughs> is that? That's the lyric, right? Because that's the lyric in in the famous Arctic Monkeys song. <laughs> but but yeah, she's she's just kind of like vibing around in her house and kind of thinking about thinking about if if. If they were to get back together, you know, she's kind of like, well, maybe, maybe I want to be yours. And maybe I want to talk about track number 12. I want to be yours. Maybe I'm amazed at the way you segue. Oh my God, Jeremy. Maybe I'm amazed at the way you segue oh. all the songs. Yeah, that, track number 12. Is this your favorite song on the album? <laughs> yeah, I like this song. I like it a lot. Like, I like the slow feel to end off the album and... Even though the track six and seven, number one party anthem and mad sounds were also slow ballady ones. This one I feel like is slow, but in a different way, different way. It's not super ballady or anything there. And I really like the vocal melody whenever they're like repeatedly singing. I want to be yours during the chorus. It's just, it's nice. It's a nice touch at the end after, after the awesome earwormy, riffs it's nice to have something to round it out at the end yeah because i mean this is this is the end of the album it's the last track and we we both tend to appreciate having strong endings or at least fitting endings and i think this is a good it's a good way to cap off the album with the slow whereas i kind of maybe criticized the midsection for deviating it felt more natural here at the end of the album and it it fit this is actually uh, a poem by john cooper clark uh, so he, so Alex didn't actually write the lyrics. He might have tweaked them, I guess, to fit in the the album or in his style a little bit better. But yeah, it's it's just straight up a poem that are, that already existed, and it fits perfectly in theme with this kind of like obsessive desperation kind of thing where he he's he's saying, I don't I don't care what role I have in your life. As long as I'm in it, I, I want to be yours. Like he says, I want to be your vacuum cleaner breathing in your dust, which is like, it's, it's, it's a shitty role. <laughs> I, I suppose like saying like, man, I don't, I don't even care. I just want to like, I want, I want to have the, the bottom of the barrel level. I just want to be involved in some way. That just made me think of, uh, the, I'd like, <laughs> 
I dragged my balls through shattered glass just for like a mile or whatever, just to hear you fart through a walkie-talkie or what, whatever that copy pasta is. And, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty funny, and but, I'm but yeah, I'm smiling very big thinking about it right now. Is what's happening? <laughs> it gives him the good feels. <laughs> yeah, but dude, yeah, I like this. Like it just, it's a perfect way to cap off the album. And this is earlier whenever I said something about poetic, and I was going to be revisiting that. This is what yeah. I was talking about. Because this is a poem, like Jeremy said, it's a poem. Yeah, and it's a good one. Poetic, very poetic. Uh, yeah, I just like this song. I know I've said it a whole bunch, but I don't know how to end things. So that's what I'm doing here. It's your job. It's your job. You're, you're ending everything. But no, no, seriously, though, that's, that's the end of the album. We're kind of, kind of wrapping up this album. I, I think it's, it's a really cool blend of like some disco elements and some classic rock elements, but it, it again, it kind of modernizes a lot of those older sounds and, and does it well. I am not super crazy about the middle third, but it, I don't think it detracts from the album as a whole. And it's just, it's a fun, it's a fun time to just throw this album on and vibe. Yeah. This is definitely a vibe album. Like I would turn this album on whenever I'm just like doing stuff and just, I don't dance know. On, brother. Yeah. Just dancing. Joey doesn't dance. I don't dance, but Joey I, dance. I like bob my head when I'm working and listening to music and I tap my <laughs> foot. I would do that whenever I'm listening to this album. You should, you should get up and dance sometime, Joey. It's freeing. Dude, maybe one day, but not anytime <laughs> soon. Not anytime soon. Let us know if you get up and dance in the comments of this episode, or any episode, really. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're presumably already listening to this episode, so it's convenient. But uh, yeah, let us know what you think of the Arctic Monkeys, if you think we're way off on some of our statements. Because we, we took some very hot takes. <laughs> yes. Dude, just the hottest of takes over here at Feedback Loop. <laughs> it's it's a good album, though. Uh, yeah, so give it a chance if you haven't. Give it give it a listen. Let us know what you think of it. Uh, and come back next week when we're going to be listening to... Oh, okay. So the album we're listening to next week is one that I mentioned in... I believe I mentioned it in last year's recap. Like the 2020 recap. Oh, baby. The band is none like N-O-N-E, none of them. Not like a religion none. Um, so none, the, the album is Life Has Gone On Long Enough. And... <laughs> so... Any, any teasers as to what this album is before we get into it? Or are we just going to find out no, over the we're just We're going to find out. But I will just say the reason I'm picking it, like, I don't know. It's it's feeling about that time of year again. Is oh all is, is what I'll say, I guess. We're, get, we're getting dark, boys. I can feel the sun setting and the, the snow falling in this black metal forest that I'm sure we're about to enter. We'll, we'll find out. I mean, we'll be, find could, out. Could be yeah, pop I, music. Yeah, I don't know if this is black metal, but I mean, judging by the the season that of of winter and everything dying along with the band name and album name (laughs) i'm expecting something a bit darker on that end so come back next week see if i'm right place your bets now leave them in the comment we'll give you some fake money to bet with i guess (laughs) and you can you can decide if if you think it's black metal or if it's not uh and also listen to the album maybe maybe bet before you listen to the album because otherwise it's kind of cheating yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah let, let us know what you think come back next week and we'll be discussing nuns life has gone on long enough <laughs> stay in our feedback bye, bye.